0: This is the St. Louis Podcast Network.
1: You're listening to the Last Man Up Podcast, part of the St. Louis Podcast Network. Matt Berger, Clay Byers, Gorford, Andy Hanselman alongside. Wherever you are listening to us, whenever you are listening to us, we hope you are well. I'm well. Are the first time that the, four, the three of us have been in the uh, same room. In the same room together in 3 weeks? 3 weeks. The boys wow. are back in town. You guys have grown since then. this is the last time I saw you. I think you guys have grown. You look I feel, taller. I feel older and wiser. <laughs>
0: I'm tanner. I know that I'm much more tan.
1: You are. Yeah, I saw the pictures of you like lounging in the pool and
0: everything. Yeah. Done old, <laughs> we done went yeah. went down to uh, Old Kinderhook the uh, week before the 4th down at the old LOTO. And uh, had a great time down there. I uh, couldn't play golf. Why uh. couldn't you? Well, I was diagnosed uh, the week but that's or the week the week prior with this bone spur on the back of my heel.
1: You and Donald you and Donald Trump.
0: Me and Donald uh, Trump. Your, your bone I spurs. know a lot about bone spurs
1: <laughs> and they're not great. Although I don't think bone spurs have ever stopped him from golfing.
0: No, probably not. But I'm under advice from my doctor not to play golf. So uh, for how long? Yeah, is this this a permanent? Thing? No, just just until further notice. So I had an okay. MR. So anyway, it's 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 cutting into my Achilles. Oh, yeah, and it's fine if I'm just doing normal stuff. Okay, but if I try to get any sort of activity at all, and being a big boy, I need lots of activity to you know counteract. Yeah. Some, or otherwise, I get bigger. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it hurts like a mofo when you walk. When I walk, so if I uh, I play golf. Uh, a couple Sundays ago, and I, uh, yeah, I couldn't walk that night, and then I woke up the next morning and couldn't, still couldn't walk.
1: Wow, that's not good.
0: No, not good at all. So I had an MRI on Friday, my first MRI ever. Those are not fun. No, it wasn't. It wasn't really a good time. <laughs> They're
1: not fun. I've had one done before.
0: Yeah, you had to lay perfectly still for about. I think it was in there thirty minutes, but it was just my foot in. They didn't oh have, well, that's not
1: bad at all. But, yeah, they didn't like have my my uh, the, when I had an MRI done it was completely different. But go ahead. Yeah,
0: so they just had my foot in the machine. I, my entire body wasn't in. Thank God. Okay. Cuz I I'm looking this and I'm like I asked the attack. I'm like, "I'm going to fit in there?" He goes, eh, we'll get some crisco out. We'll get you in there." I'm like, you never son of a
2: never a good phrase you would hear
0: you at a son hospital. Yeah. 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 He's like, "No, I'm not putting you in there. Just your foot's going in." So.
1: Well, see, when I had an MRI done, I thought I tore my right bicep. So, I had to, have it, had, it, uh, had to have an MRI done, and how I had to lay, and, and I, my whole body had to go in. I couldn't just stick my arm. My whole body had to go in, oh. and I had to lay on my stomach with my arm, my right arm, straight out, but slightly elevated, mm.
0: like above my head. Did they give you something to put it on? No. You just had to hold it there.
1: I just had to hold it, and they wanted me to hold it and not move. Not, don't move. And yeah. not move. For forty five minutes. Yeah. Is what they wanted me to do. Yeah. And like, it's a tight fit. It's it's snug. It's a very tight fit. And I wouldn't say I'm claustrophobic, but everybody is to a certain extent. Yeah. Sure. And that was, yeah. I started to freak out and I'm like, yeah, get me the bleep out of here. So and when they when they look at the when they look at the image the first time around, they're like, uh, well, yeah, we really couldn't tell what's wrong, so We're going to need to do it again, and you can't move. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I explained to them how they had me lay in there. And I go, it wasn't exactly comfortable or easy. No. So so they gave me a mild sedative to try to, like, help me relax. I had to go back in there again. This time I was only in there for about 20 minutes.
0: Oh, okay. And Mm.
1: then they said, well, we can't see what's wrong with your bicep. You probably just have some scar tissue in there, just kind of lay off the weightlifting for... You know, maybe about a month or two, yeah, and then see if, see if it'll feel better after that.
0: I hope that they can sonar this thing and blow it up because I looked at I googled pictures of the surgery to have that done.
2: See, that's where you went wrong, though. <laughs> never go you on never web do MD. that. Never. Now it was think? from
1: Mayo Clinic. Now you got ankle cancer.
2: Congratulations.
0: Right. No, I don't have ankle we cancer. Down, I'm, I'm good. i I'm, Just I'm good. spiraled
2: down from there.
0: So it's about a um, about a three inch incision that they make, and they actually have to disconnect your Achilles to get it off
2: that and then big, reconnect it
0: and then reconnect it. So what that means, since there's also very little blood flow in that part of the re, in that part of the body, the actual wound could take up to three months to heal. Ooh. And you may not return to pre surgery, uh, levels of activity until one to two years. That's not good. After the surgery all for a little, I mean, it's, it's, it's microscopic almost.
1: But it's causing that much pain. It's causing
0: that much pain.
1: That's crazy to think about. Something that small causing that much pain.
0: You know what else causes a bunch of pain? Dexter Fowler has caused a bunch of pain. Wow.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, before we pivot that way, I, <laughs> no, I'm so we, well, we haven't talked. To, we haven't talked to Clay in a while, so I was gonna yeah. Say Clay's, what, uh, Clay's what, a what Clay, traveling man. What, what Clay's been up to? I mean, we we know Black Ops. You can't talk.
2: Black Ops, indeed. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it feels good to be back, boys. Um, I was gonna add. I haven't. I've had a few MRIs, but I was gonna add to that a CAT scan. So you send through the. It's a very similar machine. The big worrying like. Flashing lights, it looks like you're going on a roller coaster. Yeah. And uh, that's like my, not moving your neck or your head or blinking or anything. Just staring straight into the light. Um, but that's my, that's my addition to this stuff. Don't stare at the, the
1: light. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, uh, when I had my MRI done, we'll get the Dexter Fowler here in a little bit. There's oh, yeah. plenty to talk about. Totally. Uh, when I had my MRI done, it did give me a great idea for the TV show Louie. Uh, the, the FX show with Louis oh, CK with Louis when it was still on. That's right. when I had my MRI done. And when you're in the MRI machine, you hear like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's
2: like a forklift almost. A little
1: bit. And it sounds, it, it kind of sounds a little bit like bad dubstep. If you know what dubstep music sounds yeah. like, it sounds like bad dubstep. So I had this idea for an episode of Louis mm-hmm. where Louis is having an MRI done. But you don't know that until the very end. But at the very beginning, he is like out walking the streets in New York, and he runs into like this young girl—not like not young, but like you know, twenty-something-year-old little hottie—who mm-hmm. invites him to go to this club. So he goes to this club, and where they're playing lots of that dubstep music that sounds like an MRI machine. Right. And you know, there he and the girl are pounding shots, and they're getting hammered, and she's getting flirtatious, and. She's dragging him out on the dance floor, and she's all over him, and he gets a little too excited. (laughs) So my idea for Louie is that he falls asleep when he's in the MRI Uh and has a wet dream while he's in the MRI, and when he comes out, he's embarrassed about the mess that he has created. I think that would be a fantastically funny episode of Louie. That's I, it's got some promise. I'll give you that. I think it it'd sounds, be funny.
2: I mean, funny.
0: I, I want to see, see your writing credit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to see a
2: script first before yeah. I commit well, to anything. Well, I
1: mean, okay, the show was no longer on the air, no. so don't have to worry about is it. Is he busy or something? Uh, well, I think he's kind of <laughs> untouchable right now, which yeah, is kind of funny when you think really about what he's doing.
0: Yeah, he really can't get a job right now. Kind of
1: can't get a job right mm. now, but America loves a comeback story, so give it like another five years, provided he doesn't do anything else. He all might be able all to of those
2: back. guys are going to have comeback stories. E true Hollywood specials. Probably How I, I came hope back so, from being I, a
0: creep. Kevin Spacey is just is is an incredible actor. That, that, one,
2: one, that one was I don't
1: I don't know if he's gonna come back from
2: that no, one. No, he probably won't. If, if he didn't come back, I wouldn't
1: care because that whole situation was just gross. That, that, for so that, many one, that one's reasons. a little bad.
0: But Frank Underwood is so awesome.
1: Well that show's dead and buried, so I mean
0: it's like, coming back.
1: Well, but without him. Without him. When yeah, you have, and, and really they should make Roseanne Frank Underwood. <sighs> oh, they should. God. There you go.
0: Can Baker you imagine Roseanne, Roseanne
3: and uh, uh,
2: what's her face? Claire? Yeah. What's what's her name though? Underwood Robin Wright Penn. No, Robin, Robin Wright Penn. Can you imagine the two of them? There you go. That's hot. Be the worst version of Veep.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> when uh when the, the line I hired uh was it Bruce? Underwood of the, uh, is the head coach of the uh, fighting... Al- Brad, Brad Underwood. Underwood. Brad Underwood. Yeah, I was doing... You're like, thinking of Bruce Weber. I was thinking of Bruce Weber. Brad Underwood. I was like, well, now Claire would have done that full court press there. <laughs> 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 now, I didn't want to do that.
1: Now, someone that I would love to see make a comeback is Dexter Fowler. Oh, yeah. He might. Yeah. I, you know what? If they I change mean, managers. <sighs> there we go. But first, I'm going to talk about Mo. Because what Mo did I think is is borderline inexcusable and almost unforgivable. It doesn't matter if you think that what Mo said was right. It does that does not matter. Right or wrong. He broke the code. Right or wrong, it does not matter. What he did was that he just made a bad situation worse. Right. That's all he did. I don't understand what the point was of calling him out. If you're if you've been living in a cave and you have no idea what John Mozalak the president of uh, baseball operations, the highest ranking executive in the Cardinals organization, what he did, he was on Scoops with Danny Mack, the podcast that Dan McGuire, or Dan McLaughlin, the voice of the St. Louis Cardinals Mm -hmm. does. And he said that a lot of people have been, here, I got the quote. I've had a lot of people come up to me and question his effort and energy level. uh, And those are things I can't defend. I try to create opportunities for him, but if it's at the expense of other players who are hustling and playing hard, I can't if it's at the expense of other players who are hustling and playing hard. So if he was not, like, asked about Dexter Fowler Mm. specifically, he just came right out and said it. Yeah, Here comes that Greyhound bus. Hey, look at that, Dexter, and then push him out right in front of it. So was this to motivate Dexter Fowler? Because I don't think that was going to happen. I mean, if the way to motivate players is to call them out in public. When has that ever worked?
2: Well, because you know he's been feeling that for a while. Like, it just didn't come out of nowhere. It was clearly it out of it frustration. It had out of frustration,
1: and I get it. I get it. You yeah. cannot defend Dexter Fowler's play. Dexter Fowler has played god-awful all year. Yep. No one can tell you otherwise. And know what? No who else knows that? Dexter Fowler. Dexter right. Fowler knows how bad he's been. Yeah. He may not agree with you know, how they're handling it. But, the, I mean, I I, I know the b is not going to believe me. Dexter Fowler does care, believe it or not. <laughs> he does care. He's a professional athlete. You do not get to that level if you don't care. Right. He cares. Right. He and just, really cares. From
2: a front office standpoint, I mean, you made a great point, is how do you really motivate professional athletes? Like, professional math athletes are already self-motivated. They're already because self-motivated. Because they've got, gotten to that level. I mean, there's a reason – that they are playing at the level that they're playing. They're self-motivated. They don't need someone to get in their ass to change the way they're, they're playing.
1: And any kind of minuscule trade value that Dexter Fowler had before Moselec said that has now been pretty oh, much well done. gone. It's done. Why am I going to give you anything or take on more of that salary if you think that he's lazy and he, and he doesn't hustle? Mm-hmm. Why am I going to uh, give you good players in return for this bad one, presumed yep. bad one? Why am I going to do that? And he, he, he said, this is in, in Bob Nightingale's piece on usatoday.com, our friend Bob Nightingale, who we had on two weeks ago. And he said, Mosaic said that he's talked to Dexter Fowler and they're all good. I, I kind of doubt that. Good from
0: his I believe that. You, I, think, you think Dexter Fowler and John Mosaic are good? I believe that. Okay. <sighs> I have sources inside the sources close to okay, the situation. You,
1: you, you've been tickling our asses with this feather for like the past few days. Yeah, let's hear it. Andy Hanselman here has. I mean, there's so much. Ha- I mean, Andy, Andy Hanselman here has breaking news.
0: Breaking news.
1: <laughs> do were you were you not prepared? No, I'm prepared. Okay,
0: let's okay. Let's, hear well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Fowler hates Matheny and hasn't talked to him in a while. Fowler absolutely hated moving from center field and leadoff, and it apparently has screwed with his head. I believe it. Okay. He shows up late every day, isn't around much in the clubhouse at all. Uh, Matheny doesn't have the clubhouse and hasn't in a long time. I believe that. Molina hates Matheny. I believe that too. Uh, The coaches were divided last year. Uh, Okendo hates Matheny. No, Okendo hates Fowler. Okendo does not like Fowler. And the Latin players love Okendo.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. I believe that, oh, so, yeah,
0: I mean, I mean that but so I mean so the Latin players there there's a division in the clubhouse
1: now th- I don't want you to say who it is, but <laughs> this is this is not somebody like this is not like comments on the uh s t l today forum' that not you're a, reading. this is not a no. fan with this is someone that this is someone who's well connected, yes,
0: okay, very well connected, uh veteran players uh aren't getting anything they need from Mabry, um. In terms of instruction, in terms and, of individual anything, coaching? Anything.
2: Anything. Anything. Well,
1: if you read this piece that Bob Nightingale wrote in usatoday.com, I mean, Matheny kind of says, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm under pressure. The, you know, you put it all on me. And then he go like, find, you know, all you single fellows out there who might be listening to this podcast, <laughs> find yourself a girl who will defend you the way that uh, Mike Matheny defends John Mabry because it is something else. Well, they're cute. basically
0: married. According yeah. to my source close well, to
1: Well, I mean, according to what he just said in this in this Bob Nightingale yeah. piece, they're pretty much well married. Talking about how, how how unfair it is to criticize John Mabry. What do you mean it's unfair to criticize John Mabry? The team doesn't hit. If the team doesn't hit, you're going to criticize the hitting coach. Right. Just because, like, last year, you thought the team wasn't pitching well. You got rid of David Lilliquist, yeah. who actually was doing, in my opinion, doing a good job. I thought yeah. so, too. You so You
2: demonstrated get, that he'd been a good pitching coach for a he, while. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Last year, was the, that was the team's strength, was how yeah. good the pitching was. Yep. So you get rid of the pitching coach, mm-hmm. and then you keep the hitting coach, and you're still seeing the same problems on offense. It speaks for itself. Speaks for itself. I kind of want to go back before there's more. Okay, but before you continue on, I want to go back with what Moselak said. Another thing that really kind of rubbed me wrong about it is that he did this when Dexter Fowler was on paternity leave. I mean, come on. Yeah, Yeah. that's a really crappy thing (laughs) to do. When the guy's away, you know, he's excited, he's got a new baby coming in, and he can't defend himself. Yeah, but wait, that, but okay. Maybe this will give him like a new lease on life. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. he's already married. He's already got an adorable little girl. Now he's got another one. Maybe this will give him a little pep in a step. Right. You know, something to kind of look forward to. Hey, you know what? I got a new daughter. I want her to be proud of me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out there and give it my all. I mean, just, just so bad for him all the way around. Continue, though.
0: Uh, there's also an issue with the Bible thumping. Okay. In the uh, clubhouse. Bible thumping. Yeah. They're not happy. Uh, some of the players are that. And players are not coming here because of Athene. But okay. also, players know that St. Louis is racist.
1: Oh my god! That the fans are,
0: yeah. Well, and that's causing and that's causing a, a big problem with generating trades, signing free agents. It's just the general culture of St. Louis.
1: Okay,
2: there's merit to that, but I mean, I'm not I'm not going to argue with that. But it, I, I, it's I'm really not, anywhere you go. I'm not
1: either. You're right. It's not like we've cornered the market on that.
2: No, not. I'm at sure all. I'm
1: sure they they kind of battle the same things right. in Boston as well. Sure. I'm
2: not making an excuse for saying this because I I mean I've seen it. I don't know if you guys oh. watch that those Facebook live games, but they get out of hand quickly. Oh, quickly.
0: Well, quickly. well quickly. okay,
1: but there's one where what's what's the uh, the Twitter handle? It's like base. It's like baseball's best fans. Best add,
0: fans. That's STL I think or base. Uh, yeah.
1: Add add baseball's best fans and what they do is they you know retweet every racist homophobic I, uh, tweet
0: from from Cardinals fans. The, it, and it's a very busy account.
1: Absolutely, it's busy. I mean, it got so bad to the point where Dexter Fowler and his wife shut down their Twitter handles. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, because everybody's got it. Every, Twitter's like a loaded gun. Everybody's got to go up there and get their hot take.
0: The, uh, the, on fi- the
1: on, I mean, and I saw people, even people I consider friends of mine, still going after Dexter Fowler, even in games where he's not playing. Yeah. Like, let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go.
0: Yeah.
2: And sadly, they won't.
0: And no, they won't. I don't understand it. Speaking of letting go... Uh, according to my source, that Matheny's done at the end of the season.
1: Okay, well, if that's the case, I think honestly, I think Matheny needs to be done now. It doesn't
2: make much sense for. I mean, because
1: well, here's here's <clears throat> a, well, here's the reason why I would do okay. it. Let me say this. So we'll get to you. Then we'll yeah, get yeah. to we'll get to Craig Edwards from Fangraphs, who's going to be joining us here. The reason why I would let him go now is because everybody's clamming for Jose Okendo. Jose mm-hmm. Okendo. Jose Okendo. Jose Okendo. I have no idea if Jose Okendo can manage. I have my doubts. The reason why is because. He's never managed any place else before, and you never hear his name rumored to be no. the manager at any other opening. You anywhere. Have
2: to, you have to be more than just like a likable guy to be a and manager. And you have to be more
1: than someone who, I, okay, I'm sorry, St. Louis, it's got to be someone more than who just played for the Cardinals yeah. or went to one of the high schools around here or went to Mizzou. Yep. It's got to be someone more than that. Yep. But what I would do is that I would fire Matheny now, make Jose Okendo the interim manager, see if he could pull this team around, mm-hmm. and see how they respond. If the team responds positively and they make a good run or maybe make it to the play, playoffs and the team improves. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? I'd be okay with, with making him the manager. Right. And the team pretty much well stays the same, then you know what? I go after Joe Girardi or I go after some other yeah. somebody else who's at least been a bench coach someplace right. else or, you know, no no more no more novices, no more first-time managers. I just, it was our our Frank our, our Frank uh, crash yeah. on Twitter's talking about Mike Schlitt. Mike Schlitz should be the next man, or even people are clamming for a uh, stubby clap, who's a manager down in AAA. I'm sorry, I
0: want someone who's a big, who's a bigger name. You need it's the St. Louis Cardinals.
1: It's the St. Louis Cardinals, it's not okay. the Tampa Bay
0: Rays. Yeah, no. we're,
1: we're not the, even though the Brewers are in first place, we're not the Brewers, we're not the Rays, we're not the Pirates, we're not the Royals. Let's get some big name in here. This is supposed to be a big time job. To my
0: question to you guys, real quick, before we go to our uh, to Craig Edwards. Where, do, where is this ball club staying if the, if the Cardinals hire Terry Francona in 2012?
1: Well, I, I think it's, that they probably win another world title.
0: I, I think several more.
1: I don't know about several more. but At least one. At least the one in 2013 mm. because I have a feeling Terry Francona would be smart enough not to keep pitching to David Ortiz. David Ortiz batted like 800 in that 2013 <laughs> yeah. World and Series. And they kept pitching to and him. And that bonehead and Matheny kept pitching to him.
0: Bonehead. I am tired of it. <laughs> and that little league manager.
2: <laughs> I, I tell you what, if, I mean. If Francoa was the decision, you know, a few years ago, the roster I think dramatically is different than what it is today because I feel like a lot more players, to you, to a point you made, want to come play for Terry Francona as opposed to Mike Matheny. Absolutely. And if Terry but Francona the- walks up to John Mozegla, and is like, you need to go get that guy. He's gonna go out and get the guy. And I think Here's
1: Terry Francona can also do a better job of selling free agents to come here as well. Oh, no, doubt. no doubt, people
0: inside the organization have to be telling Mike Matheny how to manage the bullpen, and he must not be listening to them.
1: I don't. I, I think Mike Matheny is one of those guys where I I, I know what I'm doing.
0: Leave me alone. I, mm-hmm. Leave
1: me alone. Because yeah, I, but you don't
0: know what you're doing. You're awful at bullpen management. That was the whole point of bringing in Mike Maddox.
1: Mike Maddox was supposed to be like the the Mike Matheny whisperer. <clears throat> yeah, it was supposed to you know tell him how to, like, how to handle the pitchers better and how to handle the bullpen better. And you would think he would know how to do that. He was a, a goddamn catcher. Yeah. You would think he would know how to do that. I don't know. Well, but, I mean. Displayed otherwise. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I, number one, I didn't want him hired to begin Matheny? with. I didn't No, I didn't want him to begin with.
0: you want Francona back then?
1: Bad. Oh, my God. So badly, I wanted Francona bad.
0: Yeah. That would have been a good move.
1: And now that Joe Girardi's out there, I would fire Mike Matheny right now, and I would tell Joe Girardi, look, you could either start right now or you could start next year. Take your pick. But unless like, you know, I would fire Matheny, you put Jose Oquendo in as the interim mm-hmm. manager and if he takes if this, if this team takes off, mm-hmm. then you think about it. If the team stays the same, then congratulations to St. Louis Cardinals, Joe Girardi is your new manager.
0: When's Joe when is Joe Madden's contract up with Chicago? He would
2: <sighs> never come to St. Louis. Oh, no, I, no, he would. He would. I, I he, think he would. He wouldn't he grew would. up a Cardinals fan. He grew up a Cardinal fan. I just I, I just don't actually see it happening. Oh, I,
1: I think he would. I
0: think he absolutely would.
1: I think he would too, but I I don't think I don't see him leaving the Cubs this Is this This is his 4th year up there. I don't see he he won a World Series with the Cubs, man. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, that that team can go right back to sucking for the next hundred years. They're never yeah. gonna get rid of Joe Madden. Never. God. I'll tell you what. The, uh, let's bring in Craig Edwards from uh, FanGraphs, formerly Aviva Alberto. So you can follow him on Twitter at Craig J Edwards. Let's talk to him about this. Craig, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right. So, where do you want to where, where do you want to begin this conversation? Do we want to talk about the the Dexter Fowler soap opera, or do we want to talk about the play on the field? Uh, where, where where do you want to go? Uh, you know, we'll let you pick. Got a lot to talk oh, about.
3: We can get Dexter Fowler out of the way.
1: <laughs> that's, that's what we were talking about before we had you on, and and Andy Hanselman had some. Uh, some juicy nuggets there. I'll, I'll kind of recap because I know that that uh, that you weren't on on the air with us, but apparently Dexter Fowler and Mike Matheny—that's true. Those two cannot stand each other. Uh, that the that the veterans in that ball club are not a fan of Mike Matheny. Is that or, correct? Or uh, John Mabry? Or John Mabry. Yep. And that the Latin players all love Jose Okendo, and yep. Jose Okendo does not like Dexter Fowler. That is correct. So basically, we've got high school located at Bush <laughs> Stadium. Absolutely. What do you make of that, Craig Edwards?
3: Well, you know, you know, what would solve all that is winning. Um, you know, uh, everybody, uh, you know, ha- is going to have their own flicks. You know, if it's, you know, not, you're not having twenty five guys in the coaching staff all go out to dinner after after every game. But, uh, you know, people just get along a lot better when, when, when you're winning. And uh, the Cardinals just haven't been doing enough of that this year. They haven't been doing enough of that the, the past few years. And, and that's going to lead to people that uh, are, are upset about, you know, the, their, their playing time, uh, how they're viewed with the team. And uh, when you don't have clear communication from uh, the coaching staff, uh, it, it can get a bit difficult.
2: Greg, uh, you spoke a little bit about it, but I mean, other aside from winning, yes, that would be the solve to you know all all problems. What do you actually do though, from a front office standpoint? Now you've you've created this nasty situation for yourself. What do you do? What's tangible, and what can we expect from the Cardinals moving forward?
3: I mean, if if I were the front office, uh, I, I would have gotten a different manager uh, probably a few years ago. But uh, I mean, for for what they do right now. Um, if they want to shake things up that they can fire the manager that's not really been the cardinals mo but if it looks like the season is getting away from them and they don't feel like uh there's something out there on the trade market that can sort of shift uh wh- where the cardinals are and where they view themselves then uh sometimes that's that's sort of the, the last resort there's there's not really anybody they can still get rid of on the coaching staff. If you're gonna fire Mabry, uh, you you gotta just get rid of of Matheny. You, you can't you can't just keep doing these half measures um, and and expect it to, to get up trickle up to Matheny. It just doesn't work out that way. But I think that if you can go out there and explore, you know, whatever trades could be made to sort of uh, shake up the roster of the team. Um, and position yourself to have a big winter. Then, ideally, that's what you do. Um, if there's some way to salvage the season, you you absolutely have to do that. But if you're going after a you know a rental, um, you know you're not gonna give up a ton in terms of prospects uh, especially when the the better prospects that you have um are currently on the major league uh, pitching staff you know you're not getting rid of Polarity at this point you're not getting rid of weaver um you know the uh, harrison bader i mean you could argue that it is values pretty high right now and if you could get somebody uh really good for him, uh you you could do that but uh you know, I think that if a player is contributing at the major league level and is better than the guys behind them, then, uh, it, it's hard to make that move. I think the Cardinals have a lot of depth in the minors that they can still, still de- deal from. Um, and that depth is, you know, through the in the high minors, low minors, everywhere. You know, the, they have guys that they can move, um, if they want to make a deal and, uh, It'll be really interesting to see how things shape up over the next few weeks. You know, that, that five-game series with the Cubs right after the All-Star break is is going to be huge in terms of positioning themselves. And and I don't see the, the, the Cardinals necessarily making anything major um, before that happens. So I think it could be a situation where it's, you know, July 29th, July 30th, July 31st before we really see the Cardinals, uh, you know, make whatever it is uh, move that they're going to do.
1: Could you imagine the Twitter riot if the Cardinals traded Harrison Bader? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) The Twitter riot. That would happen if they traded uh, B. fibs, new pet, that would not be pretty. Craig Edwards joining us now from Fangrass. You can follow him on Twitter at Craig J Edwards. So, uh, John Mosellock has said that he has reached out to Dexter Fowler and that they are, they're now good that they, that he's cleared the air with Dexter Fowler and they are now on good terms. However, Dexter Fowler and Mike Matheny do not like each other and ha- are not talking to each other. Apparently, Dexter Fowler was not happy being moved from the leadoff spot and being moved from center field. If you're the Cardinals, what can you possibly do with your highest paid player? I'm hearing things that that, t- that teams are not going to make the trade for Dexter Fowler unless the Cardinals eat like $30 million of his $50 million remaining contract. That's a lot. What do you, What do you do if you're the Cardinals?
3: Well, you know, they made a similar move last season when they uh, traded Mike Leake. Um, You know, it's interesting that this you know, the the second straight year that, you know, the, the Cardinals have, you know, gone out and had a sort of mid-level free agent, you know, in the $80 million range when they sort of missed out on their better targets, whether it was through trade or free agency. And, you and they they were able to move leak uh fairly early and you know they, they didn't have to eat very much of that contract but uh, leak was he was doing okay he wasn't doing great he was doing well enough that, that they could move him and uh, that's not the case for Dexter Fowler so I, I don't know that there's a, a real situation out there unless the Cardinals wanted to take on somebody else's bad contract um yeah so it seems like, you try to play him, you know, maybe three times a week or so, hope that he, you know, reestablishes himself. And then, um, you, you look at whether or not you still think he can be productive going forward with the Cardinals or if, uh, you, you look to eat a little bit less money, uh, in the offseason. But right now, I don't know that there's much that, that you can do.
0: Craig, um, I have heard that, um, Mazzaloc is done defending Mike Matheny. If that happens, what do you think that does for the rest of the season for the Cardinals?
3: I mean, you know, it, he's sort of, you know, fired those shots across the bow over the, the past few seasons about, you know, how this year was an important was, you know, he's he's dismantled the coaching staff that Matheny had previously. I mean, you know, I, he's, he's put the message out there. Um, you know, he he went out and traded for Marcelo Zuna, which was the big bat that, you know, the Cardinals thought they needed. He gave Mike Matheny Greg Holland. I mean, and that just completely blew up in, in Matheny's face. I mean, you know, the, I, I think that from a front office perspective, you know, it's Mosaic maybe could have done more um, to, to make the Cardinals a, a better contending team. But at the same time, he's... He's done a lot of catering to Mike Matheny and what Mike Matheny wants and uh, in terms of building a roster. And uh, at at this point in time, uh, I don't know why he necessarily would do a lot of defending Mike Matheny. I mean, at at some point in time, when you don't make the playoffs in three years, if you don't put it on the manager, then you're putting it on yourself for, for not, for not building that roster that that makes the playoffs and you know 99 times out of 100 the the person isn't going to put it on them they're going to put it on uh somebody else and i think that mosaic obviously feels he's put together a good roster do
2: you feel like they put together a good roster craig (laughs) because i sure don't
3: look i mean they they, (laughs) they put together another 85 to 91 team that's the same thing they've done done the past three years and uh you know you know, not two years ago they t- they won 86 games and finished a game out of the playoffs uh last year it was 83 games that's underperformed a bit this year 85 to 90 wins that's that's where they set themselves up for um you know that that means that maybe you need to get a few good breaks to make it into the postseason but uh if you get a few bad breaks you're looking at a 500 team and um i think that, that you have a very small margin, uh, there. I think that the margin used to be a bit big, bit bigger, but, uh, with other, with the Cubs and Brewers playing well, and you've got other teams in the NL, uh, who are, who are moving up and the the giants are still in it. I mean, that's, that's a very crowded playoff, um, race. And, uh, the Cardinals didn't leave themselves a, a big margin for error, but I think overall, I mean, you know, the, the, the roster has been built in a pretty solid fashion. Um, you know, the starting pitching has been good. Um, you know, on the position player side, um, you know, you've obviously had Ozuna not play as well as you would have hoped, but, uh, you know, Carpenter's doing you know about what you would expect. Uh, they've gotten you know what they've wanted from the shortstop position. Um, Yadi's been great, even though he's he's missed a bit of time, and and Fam's been you know above average, but obviously not repeating his his season from last year. And then you have the big disappointment uh, out in right field. Um, but the the team hasn't played up to expect take expectations. But uh, overall, you you've got. You've got good players who should be winning more games.
0: It's deep in you thought. had you had a question. There I had already. a question. You're I know I didn't. I forgot. What it was. What, oh, we've what, talked about on this. Okay, hang on let me uh, so I can make a little edit point. <laughs> Wait, we talked about on this show about eighty-five to ninety wins being the status quo for this ball for this ball club because they they can remain quote unquote competitive with eighty-five to ninety wins. They're always in the mix for the wild card for the second wild card spot. At some point, I mean, but the problem is, is that Cardinal fans don't accept that status quo as being acceptable baseball because of the of the history of, of, and the tradition of the club. What do you say to those who either agree or disagree with the fact that 85 to 90 wins is, is okay with this ball club?
3: You know, I think that um, on some level you say, well, you know, what do you expect them to do? Um, they they went out and they tried for tr- tried to trade for John Carlos Stanton, but uh, he exercised this no trade clause. There's there's not much that you you can do there. You know, if you want the team to go out and spend, well, they they paid a lot of money for Mike Leake, Dexter Fowler, and Greg Holland. I mean, the the you you can't just uh, go spend your problems away because it, it just doesn't work that way. And the way that the Cardinals have been built it's hard to improve on a team that has generally set up to have, you know, average performance at least at, at every single position. Um, you know, obviously they haven't gotten that from Dexter Fowler. And, uh, you know, Colton Wong has been a lot better defensively than, than offensively. But at basically every single position, you have at least an average player. And that means that in order to improve on that, you need to bring in, somebody at uh, least, All-Star caliber. You know, maybe close to somebody who has a shot at at, at winning MVP, and and those players uh, are, are simply hard to find and and hard to come by. And so I think that you know, 85 to 90 win isn't I don't know. It's not it's not necessarily ideal. You want to be closer to that 90 to 95 win range, but the the Cardinals don't have. You know that superstar player and they've been they've been looking for one for for years and and it just it just hasn't happened um and 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 until they solve that problem you know they're still going to be into that 85 91 teams it it, it's it's hard to get them out of that range without getting an mvp type player uh but once you get that sort of head start then you jump back into that 90 fifth ninety five win range that the Cardinals used to be.
0: Talking about impact players, I saw I read a story over the weekend where Manny Machado was has been given or the Indians or I'm sorry, the Orioles have received seven offers for Manny Machado. And one of those teams is not the Cardinals. They're like the Cubs, the Indians, uh, the Yankees, Dodgers, Dodgers. There were again there were seven teams. What are your what are your thoughts on the Cardinals not even having an offer in on Machado yet?
3: I don't know i think it's it's hard to read too much into you know the the rumors um and it's possible that the cardinals have had discussions and you know had you know discussed different players and not necessarily made an offer i think it's it's hard to read too much into exactly um what their interest is um you know i it's you know, right, right now, um, you know Manny Machado would probably make a difference on the Cardinals. I don't know what they're asking for. If they've received seven offers, um, they're probably getting some pretty good offers, and and they should probably take one of those. Uh, I heard the Cardinals
0: uh, offer Tito good. Landrum and Vince Coleman.
1: Yeah. <laughs> autographs. Yeah, I heard the Cardinals <laughs> offer Tito players. Landrum and, Vance, yeah. and Vince Coleman not autographs. Autographs.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well. Let's. I wouldn't – maybe the Orioles would take that.
1: I don't know. Craig Edwards from Fangraphs joining us on the phone. Uh, Craig, we've always heard that the reason why uh, the Cardinals do not go into full-blown tank mode like the Cubs did and the Astros did is because the fans of St. Louis demand excellence and they would not accept it. However, what they're putting on the field right now, the fans don't really seem to be accepting either. I think the fans actually would accept – they brought in or they kept all their prospects and just played them, knowing that they're prospects, knowing that they're young, and knowing that they're planning, like they're striving to to to, to build something and to be better. I think right now the most frustrating thing, at least from, from my perspective, I'm sure I'm speaking for many people, with the Cardinals is that we don't see any kind of plan. And kind of like what the Joker said in The Dark Knight, people don't seem to freak out when things go according to plan. I'm not seeing a plan but they had like Harrison Bader in center field. And let's say they didn't trade for Marcelo Zuna and you have Mag Sierra in one of the corner outfield spots. And then, you know, maybe you don't, uh, trade for Fowler, or you don't sign Fowler, you have Tyler O'Neal and you put Tyler O'Neal in one of the other quarter outfield spots. You have that young outfield. You got the young pitching staff, the young infield with the young and, uh, and Colton Wong, yep. and with Luke Voigt, maybe at first base. Yairo Munoz and Yairo Munoz. What, what, I mean, do you think the Cardinal fans would be okay with like a young core that they're trying to develop, and Yadier Molina, or do you think there's no way Cardinal fans would accept that?
3: Oh uh, no, they would not accept that. Uh, I had, what what Cardinals fans will accept is winning. Uh, and it, I don't think if it matters if the team is young, if the team is old, if uh, they're highly regarded prospects, if they're, you know, like, you know, free agent signings, what, what Cardinals fans want is to win. And the problem is that not that they don't have a plan, it's that they're not in the playoffs. And, you know, when you're talking about what Cardinals fans are putting up with, you know, it, up until this point, you know, fans still show up. And until fans stop showing up, that's um, what it is. It, yep. it, it, it's it's hard to 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 sort of show the front office, hey, you know, this is what we're about to lose. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, playing the young guys is fine up to a point. Um, you know, but if that's the case, do you not sign a guy like Miles Michaelis because he's not gonna be in the rotation and you know, now he's an all star. Sure. I mean, yeah. You know, you you you, you sort of
1: no, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think the fans would be okay playing understanding that hey, you know what, they're young. As long as they try, I think to me, as much as you're saying the Cardinal fans want the team to win, and we're seeing this with Dexter Fowler, I think they as long as they see effort, I think Cardinal fans are actually okay. So mm-hmm. I think if that team is young and they're out there and they're playing as hard as they can and they know that one day the winning is going to come call me crazy, I think they might be okay with that.
3: I think uh, Matt Carpenter and April might disagree with you because I think he was trying pretty hard. <laughs> Good point. Uh, but I, I think I think that if you are anywhere near a 500 team and you have a ton of money, and the Cardinals have a ton of money, and even if they sold off guys or you know did whatever, uh, they have enough talent to be a 500 team. You you cannot rebuild. You cannot tank. You need to go for it. Um, and, and I, I, think that that's where the Cardinals are at right now. And, you know, they've got maybe, you know, a bad contract in Dexter Fowler, but there's a lot more teams that have a lot more bad contracts than, than what the Cardinals have and, and Dexter Fowler and, and, and they've got a, they do have a, a lot of good young players who are, who are deserving of playing time. And, you know, I think for the most part, um, you know, they, they get sort of what they deserve. And they, 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 they push through. It doesn't always work out that way, but, but most of the time, um, young players get some sort of uh, an opportunity. And uh, I, I think that the Cardinals still have to make that, that next big push, um, whether it's by trade, by free agency, or, or whatever, to, to, to bring in uh, the, that, that big star that the team needs.
1: Craig, we appreciate your insight as always, sir, and uh, we look forward to having you on again.
3: All right, sounds great, guys. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Craig.
1: That is Craig Edwards from Fangraphs.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Craig J. Edwards. You're listening to the Last Man Up podcast, part of the St. Louis Podcast Network, stlpodcast.com. Matt Berger, Clay Byersdorfer, Andy Hanselman is going to step aside and have a cigarette while we talk about NBA free agency. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Berger. You can follow Clay on Twitter at of Clayton. And you can follow Andy on Twitter at emo 6 i m 6 so it was one week ago today, I was sitting on my couch getting ready to watch The Last Jedi. I mm-hmm. think I might be the last person on earth to have seen that movie. I just, I
2: just saw it recently. Too. Okay,
1: so I started to watch it, and then I get the notification on my phone that LeBron James has decided to sign with the Los Angeles Lakers, and I'm like, yep, turning off the yeah. movie because I'm going to be distracted for the next several days. Right. LeBron uh, shunning his hometown team of the Cleveland Cavaliers and heading for La La Land, signing a four-year... $150 million contract. Uh, a lot of people were not surprised by this because these all. rumors have been going around for the past two years. I was a little surprised by it because, to me, the Lakers are not even close to winning another title. No, uh, they, I mean, they kind of flirted with uh, you know the eighth seed in the Western Conference last year, but other than that, I mean, mm-hmm. this Lakers team is not good. They're young, yep. but they're not very good. Yep. Um, and LeBron is still trying to, at least I thought he was, trying to run down Michael Jordan, even though people who... Who think that you know he's not in the same conversation as Jordan are always going to think that, right. but I'm thinking, hey, you know what? He still wants to try to get right. at least another three titles. Yeah. Now that he's in Los Angeles, I don't think he's winning another three titles. I don't think he's winning another title. I think he's done
2: on this deal. It's hard, and with especially with the team as it sits right now. I mean, the summer is far from over, and it could drastically change. But yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. It's it's tough to really look at what they have now and you know, kind of project what they have going forward, especially, you know, we keep saying, you know, when is LeBron gonna slow down? It doesn't seem like that's, you know, gonna happen anytime soon, but on this four year deal it's hard to imagine him even, you know, getting three titles, let alone Oh running. no.
1: I, I don't think the I don't think he even gets back to the NBA finals. I don't. With this Golden State Warriors team, there's yeah. no way. <clears throat> well, and now that the Warriors, they've added Boogie Cousins, right. I understand that it was a one-year deal right. and that Boogie has the Achilles injury, mm-hmm. so it's going to be March, May, you know, maybe even April. He may yeah. not be back until right before the playoffs start. Right. You throw somebody like Boogie Cousins into the team with that kind of chemistry, you have no idea what's going to happen. But...
2: He's an all-star caliber player. He's
1: an all-star caliber player. He's a great player. He yep. may be a little bit of a knucklehead and a head case, <laughs> but I mean he he's not I don't think he's a danger or anything like no. that. He's not gonna go outside and, and you know cause a bunch of havoc and get arrested. Right. But he's never been to the playoffs, right. you know. So there's there's something to that as well. Right. Still, even without Bookie Cousins. This Lakers team was not good enough to take on the Warriors, no. even if they add Kawhi Leonard. They're still not good enough. They're still not good enough to take on the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, and that Warriors team is young as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Now they do have some free agents that are going to be coming up in the next couple of years. One of them is Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. They might be able to poach the Lakers. Might be able to poach Clay Thompson from them because you know Michael Thompson, his father. Played for the Lakers during the Showtime era, and is a current broadcaster in Los Angeles, so there's a good chance they might be able to take Chris or Michael or Clay Thompson from the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason why, and everybody knows, is about LeBron. The reason why he went out to Los Angeles is because of the the entertainment industry that's out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen the movie Trainwreck with Amy <laughs> Schumer and uh, I have and it Bill Hader. He wasn't bad it in wasn't it. wasn't bad. I actually he's, liked actually, him. He's, he's, he's actually he's actually pretty, pretty good. Now, he's not going to win an Oscar anytime no. soon. But, and he's going to be typecast. Yeah. But I could see LeBron, you know, getting into the entertainment industry. He had a TV show on stars that Space he was, Jam 2. He's got Space Jam 2 coming out, but he had a show on Stars that he was the executive producer for. Yeah. I think that I've heard Colin Coward say this as much as I hate to give Colin Coward credit on anything, that he is in the third stage of his career. No doubt. He's which thinking, is the mogul stage. Right. Hey, you know what? I'm starting to think about life outside of basketball. Yeah. I need to be where the action is. When I was in college and I had a screenwriting class, you know, teaching you how to write scripts. And, you know, the instructor said that, you know, if you are lucky enough to have a, you know, a a studio interested in one of your scripts. Don't you like if you're not from Hollywood, you have to say, but I'm thinking about moving out there because Hollywood likes convenience.
2: Oh,
3: yeah.
1: And they like having you right there. They don't want to have to fly you from St. Louis or New York or Miami or Chicago. They want you right there. They said the reason why it took Scorsese so long to get an Oscar is because Scorsese doesn't live in Hollywood. Scorsese lives in New York. And I'm convinced that Scorsese only got his Oscar because Jon Stewart shamed everybody. Shamed them. Shamed them. When 3-6 Mafia won an Oscar for "It's Hard out here for a pimp. Yeah. For best song from Hustle and Flow. Yeah. John Stewart goes, in case you're scoring at home, that's 3-6 Mafia 1, Martin <laughs> Scorsese 0. And everybody went, ooh. Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, that's a bad look. That so the next year, point. he directs The Departed, yeah. and he finally gets his long, uh, long-deserved long Oscar for directing The Departed. Yeah. But I can understand why LeBron's going out there, though.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's 33 now. Four-year deal. That puts him at 37 years old. Well, I mean, Yeah, he'll
1: be 34 in December, mm-hmm. so yeah. kind of like at the start of the season. Yeah
2: i I mean, that's a that's a long NBA career. He'll
1: play
0: Absolutely. nearly 20 years. He signed for chump change. I mean, it's not really <laughs>
1: no one hundred fifty million. <laughs> but the funny thing, I I want to say who that's tweeted
0: like, this out. Isn't it AAV forty million a year or something stupid?
1: Something like it was. It's four years, one hundred fifty million. But someone tweeted out that he's making the same amount as money, uh, the same amount of money as Jacoby Ellsbury. Oh, like Jacoby Ellsbury has like a hundred and fifty million dollars remaining on his contract, and so does LeBron. <laughs> So that just proves to you like how ridiculous the baseball contracts are. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I mean LeBron's out there, I mean he's he's got so many endorsement deals that He's
2: not hurting for money.
1: Not at all. No. I
2: think he's gonna be okay.
1: But earlier we were talking about, you know, even if the Lakers get Kawhi, mm-hmm. they're still not beating. Still not. The well just
2: that, that and the West is I mean, chop full of teams that Absolutely. can compete right now. I mean, it's pretty much the West versus the Celtics. I mean the the Sixers are gonna be good next year from the East you know, standpoint, Celtics are going to be, the Raptors will be there, you know. But it's a west. It's a Western
1: Conference-dominated NBA. They're, they're talking about how what they may do is they may do have to do away with kind of like the East versus West Yeah, and then just take the best 16 teams, whatever best 16 teams are, regardless of conference, and just see them that way and just have a tournament.
0: Sounds like an NCAA tournament.
1: <laughs> it, it kind of does. The only thing is it will be a series instead of one and done. Right. But, I mean, there's been people, in the, there, it's funny, owners in the Western Conference have been pushing for it. Because you want to see kind of like you, you may have a team that's going to, that won like, you know, 50 games and it's going to be out in the second round. And you're going to have a team like in the Eastern Conference that maybe was lucky to get there and they may have won like 40 games, and they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference now, Finals. I think they're
0: going to dilute it down so much, they're going to have 160 NBA teams, <laughs> 68 teams make the tournament. Yeah, you
1: know what? St. Louis still won't get one. We still won't still, get one. Still won't get one. East, be,
0: East St. Louis will get one, but St. Yeah. Louis won't get one.
1: They'll put one in Kansas City. They'll put one in Columbia, but they won't put one here. Right. But the the reason why I was bringing up Kawhi Leonard, the mess is going on in San Antonio with with him and Kawhi Leonard. It's kind of mirroring uh, mirroring what's going on here in St. Louis with the Cardinals. And if you think oh, yeah. about it, the, the Spurs and the Cardinals are very similar. You're talking about teams that are in smaller markets that people view as model organizations. Fiscally conservative. Fiscally conservative. You don't hear them make bad moves, bad trades, right. sign bad contracts, and are, are, are always seem to be in it.
2: Develop talent really Developed well. Develop
1: talent really well. It always, you know, the Spurs more recently have a, had a better run of luck as far as winning titles go. Yeah. The Cardinals went from 1982 to 2006 without a title. One won one in 2006, one won in 2011, sh- mm-hmm. and should have won another in 2013. Right. So that was kind of Spurs-ish right there. They've also had a Hall of Fame head coach for ever and a day now. That as well. But you're seeing the mess that's going, like, Kawhi Leonard's not even talking to the Spurs. Yeah. And Kawhi Leonard is not one of those diva-type athletes. No. I mean, like, right now, if I were to play you audio of Kawhi Leonard, you would have no idea because no one knows what his voice sounds like. Right. He never does any interviews. He's not in commercials. You'd never hear him talk. Like, he doesn't even show any emotion no. on the court. Still drives a really piece of shit car. Yeah, he drives, right? like, an old beat-up car that he had, like, his rookie. He's still wearing cornrows, for God's sakes. No, no one else is wearing – no one else is sporting the rows anymore.
2: Latrell Sprewell is out there somewhere <laughs> just clamoring <laughs> and Spree- just asking
1: for more. Even Spree's telling him to get a new haircut. Yeah. So it's, it's so strange how the Cardinals are going through their situation with Dexter Fowler, and the Spurs are going through a similar kind of thing with Kawhi Leonard. Mm. It, it's from organizations that you usually don't hear that kind of turmoil.
2: It's crazy that from both organizations' standpoint, how much it get, it gets blown up now more with the you know evolution in social media technology I and mean, how much information gets
1: distorted. We live in the era of fake news, Matt. <laughs> yeah, well, it, took de- it actually took Deadspin a few days to finally <coughs> pick up the Dexter Fowler, spo- uh, the Dexter Fowler wow. story because, you know, Deadspin cannot stand the Cardinals. No. So I was expecting like, the very, like that afternoon for them to pick it up, but I don't think they picked it up until Dexter Fowler had that interview with Mark Saxon from The Athletic. And Mark Saxon like flat out asked him, do you enjoy playing for the Cardinals? And after a, a brief pause, he said, well, we've had our ups and downs. To me, that says, hell no. I have not enjoyed my experience here <laughs> he one bit. He put on the PR hat
2: real Yeah, fast. he
0: real quick. And seeing what we've heard, I mean, it makes sense.
2: Oh, Absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. For, I mean, I, so
0: that's why, I mean, a change at the top. Could change this guy's a, attitude. A,
1: cha- a change to the top would help, but the other thing is going to hurt, and that's something that like, we that we talked about, and that's going to that's going to play this this region forever, mm-hmm. and it has forever. Yeah, it has. I and, mean, I'm, and I'll be honest with you, I have no idea how you changed that around. I don't either. It changed society as a whole. You and, and you can't,
2: <laughs> you can't, you
1: can't. Bill Maher said it best. There's two things that racists hate: being called racist and black people. <laughs>
0: Like I mean, Chris, it's that's like Chris it's, it's Rock. Pretty true. It's, Who's yeah, more it's, racist? I, it's not wrong. White people are black people. Black people. You know why? Because we hate black people too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate black people, by the way. But it's, that's I was quoting Chris Rock.
1: I, yeah. I I do not understand how um, the Cardinals have gotten to this point. Where I don't even enjoy watching them.
2: It's to, it's. To, I was telling Andy today on the way in that I didn't even. Watch the game. I haven't been watching the games. lately. I
1: watched the game yesterday and I watched one today, and that's the first time in probably over a week. The, yeah. the weekend series against the Braves, I didn't watch one minute.
2: I'll probably pick it back up when they fire Matheny or Moseleyak retires.
3: One, one He's not going teams. anywhere. But
2: yeah, Moseleyak's yeah, not going would, anywhere. And, <clears throat> to, and I'm joking when I say that. But it, to your point, too, it, it's tough to see because you know that from Dexter Fowler, Dexter Fowler's point of view, like it's never going to be you know 100 you know all hugs and happy feels. So for him, it's just like, just go out and play for yourself at this point and demand a trade.
0: Well, you know, like Craig said, outstanding performance from Dexter Fowler gets rid of a lot of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think just the team winning. It, I, he's right. Even if Dexter
1: Fowler, if, if Dexter Fowler was playing still, the same, if, mm-hmm. if Dexter Fowler was still god-awful, and let's say this team had another 10 or 15 more wins on it, I think that the, what's going on with Dexter Fowler is less of an issue. I think it's going to be more of a concern – than him being the goat, mm-hmm. and I think right now he's been a little bit more of a goat, even though he is far from the be- the problem with this team. No, he's he, far from it. He, no, it's not
0: him at all. He's
2: a not scapegoat. Because when you start losing, yeah. who do you blame first? Well, the people that make the most money,
1: right? right. And, he's the, and he's the highest paid player. He's the highest paid player. I
0: blame Matt Carpenter. And he, <laughs> That's who I blame?
1: Actually, I mean, there is something to that, considering that Matt Carpenter can only bat
0: leadoff. That's why I'm I was actually kind of being half serious with that. Yeah. <laughs> with with his whole I, I I can't bat third. What are you talking about? I might only hit one twenty if I hit if I bat third.
1: But you're there no, you're right. There is something to that. Even though Dexter Fowler last year as a leadoff, he was not very good, but his power was his power He's numbers were pretty good. Better than Carpenter. Right. Yeah. Dexter Fowler actually had a pretty good year last year. I can't imagine just overnight he decided he didn't give a shit anymore. No. Yeah, you know what? All it didn't those... happen
0: because it, 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 that did not happen. It did
1: not happen. All these years of playing professional baseball, I just woke up one morning and I didn't give a bleep. Come on. It doesn't happen like that. No. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen like something had to happen. I think we know what it was. I don't think it was necessarily that he got moved from center field to right field and he got moved from the leadoff spot. It was probably how it was handled. Mm.
2: Oh, there, it's definitely an attitude. It's got to be, how, it's it's, gotta it's be cult- how it was handled. It's yeah. got to be. It's a culture thing, for sure.
0: I mean, it's, it's obvious that, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit before, too. Matheny thinks he's a know-it-all. And it's obvious with the, with the bullpen management. And I can see him doing a know-it-all, having a know-it-all attitude with where he's going to bat Fowler and, and put him and play him well, in the field.
1: I want to say Bernie Mickless said that. I forgot where he got it from. That last year when they moved Fowler from the leadoff spot, Fowler found out about it from a text because apparently Matheny texts everybody the, what the lineup is like the night before the game. God. He sends everybody a text. And a motivational the lineup, quote. And, and then a motivational quote, which I can see almost everybody rolling their eyes at. <laughs> and if, Psalms
0: 520. <laughs> if, if, if,
1: if it was handled that way, that you got – I mean, you were brought in to be the center fielder and the leadoff for that organization. It's not like, well, yeah, you know what, we had no other options. They brought him in to play those two positions – and you bring him in, and then that's how you handle it, moving him is through a text, that's bad form.
0: The, I'm the, not saying they shouldn't have done it. I'm just saying they could have handled it a the, lot better. The problem is also that there's there's strife between Tommy Feynman and management as well. In that he was and well, he, he, In that, Mazzella tried to trade him before <clears throat> during last season.
1: Yeah. Well, okay, and I mean Tommy Pham, I remember last year reading. And, it,
0: and just and just to clarify, it's, it's because he's outspoken. It's because yep. he gets out there and and, and talks. Oh you know? yeah. Well, I mean, and they don't like that. They don't like that at all.
2: They
1: no. don't like loud personalities. They don't like, like even AJ Przinski. Like the, he went the brief time that he was here. Yeah, he didn't like it because I mean AJ Przinski is one of those kind of loud in your face, yep. kind of pain the ass players. That when he's on your team, you love him. Right. When you're playing against him, you, you hate, can't hate stand him. his ass. Right. And he didn't like it here because I mean, like Matheny's a little too buttoned up a little too uptight, and I think that just kind of clashed with AJ Przinski. And Przinski's like he's been around forever. He's he's not going to change for anybody. You don't no. like me, bleep you. I'm not changing for anybody. It's like right. the Same but, age as Mike Bethany. <laughs>
0: He Probably, probably is.
1: <laughs> but going back to Tommy Pham, I remember last year when they released Johnny Peralta, and they finally released him. And you know everybody was kind of like, good, thank God. Because I mean, Peralta was terrible. He's almost as bad as what Dexter Fowler was right now. And Tommy Pham said, yeah, I mean, Tommy Pham was like, I, I felt bad for him. You know, he just came in and did his and did his job. You know, he wasn't part of the chess club or the video game club or the ping pong club. And when he said that, I'm like, yep, it sounds like the locker room is getting a little too quickish. And that's the attitude and how the locker room, the vibe in the locker room, that is all 100% on the manager. It is. I'm not saying that you're not going to have clicks. You're always going to have clicks. The Latin guys, just from a cultural standpoint, are always going to kind of band together. Makes sense, especially if you're in a city like St. Louis that has a very small Latin population. They're going to stick together. You know, I understand that. It makes sense to me, especially, you know, when it comes to the language barrier. But if it gets to the point where you're having clicks and the clicks are becoming divisive and it's affecting the play on the field, that is the manager's fault. That is nobody else's fault but him. And if Mike Matheny cannot get that job done, then he's gotta go.
0: Yeah. I, I think Matheny should watch Major League and, and watch how watch how <laughs> I
1: take I would take Lou Brown right now. Take God Lou rest Brown. his soul. Lou Brown is dead. I would R. take I Lou P. I would take Lou Brown's corpse right now instead of Mike Matheny. I would take a lot of those guys.
2: I did
0: the manager from uh Bull Durham too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Robert Wool. I would take
1: yeah. Robert Wool right now over Mike Matheny. <laughs> Let's keep doing this. What other kind of uh, major league fictional major league managers. Will we the kid? Have? What about what
0: about the kid that owned the Twins?
1: I'm trying to think of other Danny Glover, and Angels, in the yeah. go, Danny Glover <laughs> and Angels in the outfield. There we go. Danny Glover and Angels in the outfield.
0: Take Danny Glover right now.
1: I would take Danny Glover. I'm trying to think of other baseball movie managers. And right now, like the, the oh, one, what of about, term uh, the one what, major league? Going to. Hey, no. Uh,
0: uh, what's his name? Uh, Diabetes. Uh, Wilford, oh, Brimley. Wilford Brimley. Oh, yeah. He was the uh, manager in uh, The Natural.
1: That's right. Oh, Wilford, I'd take Wilford Brimley
2: right now. <laughs> Tom Hanks and uh, A League of Their Own. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> give me. There's
0: no uh, crying in <laughs> <at> baseball. <laughs> give me Jimmy Dooley. Yeah, give me
2: Tom Hanks
0: and A League of Their Own managing this club. Avoid I don't, the, Jimmy I don't, I don't care if they lose every Jimmy
2: game Dugan. all year. I'll go out and the, support the, that the, team. The, best, the <laughs> best
1: part of that movie is whenever the kid goes running up to him and he goes, hey, can I have your autograph? And he signs the baseball and it says, wow, avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. He runs, <laughs> and he runs away, and he goes, that's a pretty good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right now, we would rather have the corpse of Lou Brown, Danny Glover, Robert Wool, uh, Wilford, Wilford Brimley, and Tom Hanks. Those are our top five yeah, managers. And the managers. kid from... And the kid, from, uh, and the kid manager from uh, uh, what? Angels in the outfield? No, 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 no.
0: His grandpa died and left in the baseball team, so he was like the owner for, for uh,
1: the... Was it Rookie of the Year? no. It was oh, one of those kids' baseball movies that I haven't that's seen. That's
2: another it. one, is uh, Bill Brigma from Rookie of the Year. There we go. Yeah. Who was, was it, the
1: Who the was, coach? It, was it Tony Danza uh, a manager in one of those movies, too? No, Tony Danza was in. He, he uh,
2: played for the
0: Cardinals. No. And, and, who's, the and who's the boss? And who's the boss? That's, that's right. right, he did. That's <laughs> right. Tony Maselli.
1: Tony Maselli. Yes.
2: yes. <laughs> all fine All should be on the short list for 20, 2018, <laughs> 2019.
1: All people we would rather have than Michael Matheny. Yes. <laughs> anything else you'd like to add before we wrap this episode up?
2: I, I, that ends it for me. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Happy note to end on right there. Hanselman,
1: anything you would like to add?
0: Uh, happy birthday, America.
1: Happy oh, yeah. birthday, America. What'd you do on the fourth? Uh, wouldn't
2: watch fireworks, drink too much alcohol, and um, yeah, that was about it. You that, too. Sounds
1: about, that sounds about standard.
2: Swam,
0: yeah. hung out in a pool, drank a bunch of booze. Got sunburnt. Got sunburn. I'm past sunburn. I'm all. Yeah. You just, I'm all tanned you to jack, good. dude. You look good, man. I mean, my my, my arm hair blonde. I'm looking good. You look good. And then we went and watched fireworks down in Granite City. Fantastic fireworks show down in Granite City.
1: Fireworks are all the same.
2: No, these were different. That's, oh, come so, on. that's so false. Oh, so no. false. If you've
1: seen one, you've seen them all. That's, that's not that's
0: true. So true. That,
1: that is harsh. not true at all. That's these the were, hottest take you've ever
2: had. These
0: were big, and that they one, were
1: that one fireworks display. They're all the same. They're not all the same. They're not though. all the same. Summer the, week.
2: You've been watching shitty fireworks. Where did you where do you watch
1: fireworks?
0: St. Charles.
1: No, I I usually go. Sometimes I'll go downtown, sometimes I'll go to St. Charles. I mean, it depends.
0: Did anybody go to Fair St. Louis? I
1: did, I did not. not. I have not, not been in I years. didn't either.
0: It was too hot on the 4th.
1: It was too hot and they didn't have anybody I really wanted to see. Yeah, they if had, had an act I wanted to see, I'd go. I'm more of a Lou Fest guy anyway.
0: Yeah, Robert Plant coming to yeah. Lou Fest.
1: Oh, Gary Clark Jr. Lookout. and Yeah. yeah. It's going oh, to oh, be I pl- good. I I
0: applied for credentials for all of us to go to Lou Fest.
1: Oh, wow. Now we're talking. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yes. And the PGA oh. Championship, by the way.
1: Uh, I will actually be there for the PGA Championship. I will okay. be, I'll be volunteering on like that Friday morning where I work. They oh, were cool. Look, they were looking for volunteers. Speaking of working, that's what I did on, on July 4th. I worked. Did you really? I went into the office, yeah. Thank
0: I got you for invited, your service.
1: I got invited someplace to go, and I'm like, man, I'm exhausted. I just went by Schnooks and got some kebabs and threw them on the grill. And, yeah. Because I had to be at work the next day anyway. I hate I've been, when I've holidays are in the middle of the week like that. I do, too. It felt like two Mondays. I so want to yeah.
0: give them as a sponsor. but There's a place called Fire and Smoke here in Troy, and they're getting ready to open a new place in Wood River. It is top-notch barbecue, and that's what we had for uh, for the fourth. We had there turkey. We go. Turkey, brisket, and some pulled pork. Wow.
1: All the money I've been uh, earning has been going towards New York, which I will be one week from today. Cannot wait. Very exciting. Yeah. So I have been so lame lately because I'm like, it's all money. I'm not... All the money I spend here is money I'm not spending in New York. I'd rather spend it in New York, so I'm not spending any money here.
0: Go to one of the five million sushi joints.
1: You oh, it's, it's going to be Italian food. It's going to be Greek. It's going to be everything.
0: You're just going to hit it all up. i going to hit up. it all up. What are your big tourist stops for New York?
1: I don't do anything touristy when I'm in New York.
0: You don't? No. Are, are you too cool?
1: No, I've done it before. He's a regular. Oh, he's, a regular. he's I, this, a regular. This is going to be trip number six. And one thing I've noticed, you enjoy New York more when you don't go where all the tourists are. Oh, I'm sure. That's true. Because people, what's the, what's the biggest complaint? So you're every,
0: staying in Midtown, you're telling me.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm actually staying in the Upper West Side. Ooh, look at this Ooh. guy. Well, that's where my friend's apartment is. Can't hide oh, okay. money. Can't now, hide money. What's what's everybody say about, uh, about New York? Like, what's the biggest complaint? People are rude? No. It's dirty. It's Too crowded, right? Yeah,
0: too okay, crowded. Okay,
1: it's too crowded, too many people. If you don't go where the tourists are, it's not that crowded. You're going to go out to Coney Island? No, probably not.
0: Are you going to go to Long Island? No. Out to the Hamptons?
1: No. We're probably staying in Manhattan. And then uh, my friend, I'm making him sound like he's a lot more wealthy than what he actually is. We're going to stay at his apartment a few days. Okay. We're going to go see Foo Fighters at Madison Square Garden. Nice. There you go. And then they have a house upstate. And then we'll probably go to the house upstate.
0: Hashtag blessed. Blessed. Yeah. So blessed.
1: So much to talk about whenever.
2: How you come far back.
0: upstate are you going? Uh, I like, think
1: just I think like, uh, like Westchester,
2: maybe. Westchester oh, County. Okay. okay. Yeah. Nice. I've been to Albany. That's about as the only other place I've
1: been to in New York besides that's, the that's city. That's it. I've went been. To, oh, Cooper, I mean, went to Cooperstown. I've only too. been. I've only been to New York City. I've never been anyplace else in the state. I mean, why would you go? Why would you go to like Syracuse, Buffalo?
3: Yeah.
0: Why would you go see the Carrier Dome? <laughs>
1: So uh, hope everybody See Ralph en-
0: Wilson Stadium. <laughs>
1: hope everybody enjoyed uh, this episode. Special thanks to Craig Edwards for Fangraphs.com. Follow him on Twitter at Craig J. Edwards. Follow me at Matt underscore Burger. Follow Clay at Ton of Clayton. Follow Andy at Emo6. We'll see everybody on the other side. Have a good day. Peace.